0: Would you join me for a moment of prayer? Gracious and most merciful God, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be faithful to you. For you, God, are our rock, our light, and our redeemer. Amen. I think one of the ubiquitous experiences of being human is the realization that change is hard. Change can be scary. But I think when it comes to the spiritual life especially, sometimes change is necessary. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been spending a lot of time this week thinking about New Year's resolutions, Uh, Some of us in the room are wonderful goal-setters. They always achieve what they set out to do. Uh, But others of us know all too well how difficult change can be. I can't tell you how many times I have come to the start of the new year and made the resolution that this year I am going to become a morning person, only to realize by about this time, January 8th, that God just did not make me to be a morning person. And to change that is going to be really, really difficult. Now, I did a little research this week about New Year's resolutions, and I was honestly really surprised by what I found. I found that in a 2007 study uh, out of, uh, that said that out of Americans who set New Year's resolutions, over half of them, 52%, were extremely confident at the beginning of the year that they would be successful in realizing their resolution they were confident they were hopeful but that same study found that by the end of the year does anybody want to guess how many people actually were successful in their resolution 7 it's a good guess 10 wrong a good guess, sorry. <laughs> I made that sound like you were right, Gwen, sorry. 12 percent, 12 percent of people were successful in manifesting the change they longed to see, and then in another study in 2016, that same number went from 12 to 9. Less than 10 percent of people saw their resolution realized. Now, what does this tell us about our relationship To change i think first of all it tells us that we as a people believe that change is possible over half of people who set resolutions think that they're going to achieve it but i think it also tells us that as a people more often than not we struggle with change it is hard it is difficult and sometimes it's not fully realized For example, I believe that I can become a morning person, but I don't think it's going to happen. We know how deeply difficult, true, and lasting change is. And in many ways, I think this can be our experience in the spiritual life, too. Has anyone experienced the difficulty of change where we believe that God can heal us, we believe that God can transform us, we believe that God can change the circumstances and the experiences of our lives and our hearts, and we yearn in the deepest parts of our being for that change to be realized. This is why so many of us come to church week in and week out, because we believe that change in the spiritual life is possible. And sometimes we see it realized But other times, the change and the transformation doesn't come as quickly as we want it to. It doesn't come when we want it to. And if we're honest, sometimes we can get discouraged because experiencing the true and lasting transformation that we believe is possible is more difficult than setting a New Year's resolution. The thing about change is that it's mysterious. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, it's almost always painful, and it also almost always invites us into new and unknown terrain where we have to trust the light that leads us through it. Today on Epiphany Sunday, we remember the journey of three wise men who trusted in the light of a star in the west to lead and guide them through unfamiliar terrain, through a land they did not know to the place where the Christ child was born. Now there is a lot that we could say about this liturgical holiday. This is actually my favorite day of the church calendar. I love it so much. But today I want us to focus on how the journey of the wise men reminds us that in the spiritual life, change is sometimes necessary Now, as we imagine the scene of the three wise men traveling from the east and into the west, we might have in our mind the idea of three kings, as the hymn suggests. But it's actually important for us to know that the three travelers coming from the east were not kings. They were probably astrologers. They were not part of the Jewish family and tradition. They were what the gospel writers would have called Gentiles. They were not part of the Jewish traditions. They were not familiar with the prophecies of the coming Messiah. They were outside of the boundaries of who would have been included at the time. They wouldn't have been familiar with the idea of the king of the Jews being born in Bethlehem. What they would have been familiar with was the stars. And so when the three astrologers see a peculiar new star rising in the sky, one they'd never seen before, they decide to follow it. And the star leads them all the way to Judea, to a small town in Bethlehem. And as the story goes, as they get to the star, they are overwhelmed with joy. Overwhelmed with such joy that they can't help but kneel down and worship the Christ child, to offer the gifts that they have, the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And in the Gospel of Matthew, these three Gentiles, the astrologers from the East, ones who had nothing to do with Jesus, they are the ones, the first ones, to worship Christ. And I think what this tells us is that nobody is unchanged. Nobody is untouched by the light of God's love. Now, the scripture doesn't say that the um, astrologers changed their beliefs. You know, they were from a pagan religion that saw their religiosity and their worldview in the stars. But I have to imagine that through their joy, their offering, and their worship, they did not leave the manger unchanged. The light enlightens all people, as the gospel of John says, even astrologers from the east. And nobody who encounters the light is left unchanged. When I was 14 years old, I had a bit of an epiphany experience myself. Um, it was January thirtieth, two 2010, and I remember my mom and my dad had dragged me and my two siblings to the movie theater over on East 13th Street to watch the latest Christian movie that had just come out. It was called To Save a Life. And if you haven't seen this movie, it definitely falls into the category of the low budget, uh, cheesy, and definitely corny Christian films. So as a 14 year old, my expectations were very low. But I remember as we were walking out of the theater into the car. My mom and my brother and my sister were ahead of me, and my dad was behind me. And as I was walking, I just had this thought come into my mind. And I stopped dead in my tracks. And as a 14 year old, I felt like I heard the voice of God. Truly. It didn't sound like Morgan Freeman. I wish it did. I wish it did. But there was this thought that arose in the deepest part of my being perhaps you've experienced this before and the thought was so visceral and so clear even as a 14 year old i instantly realized this is not coming from me this is coming from god and the thought said go and do likewise and for me as a 14 year old on that afternoon in january for me it was a bit of an epiphany It was a moment where God felt as close as a baby in a manger. And like the wise men, I encountered the mystery of God's presence that is with us. I can't explain in scientific or rational terms what happened that day. But I feel like I was at the manger. I consider that day a pivotal moment in my life, both as a Jesus follower, where I started to follow the light of Christ, and it was also the day that I began to discern my call to ministry. It'll be 13 years to the day, this January 30th. Nobody is untouched by the light of God's love that is born for us on Christmas. Not even astrologers from the East. And nobody who's touched by the light leaves unchanged. Now, we all come to the manger in different ways, and what I mean by that is we all come to believe in and follow Christ in different ways. No two spiritual journeys are exactly the same. Now, perhaps you are here today and you are still on your journey to the manger. Maybe you feel like God is leading you towards places of deeper joy and faithfulness, but you realize you're not quite there yet. You're not quite sure what you believe or even at this point if you believe. Maybe the journey you're on has taken you far away from the manger and the light of the star today feels a little bit dim. If that is you this morning, I want you to know that being on the journey towards the star is a really good place to be because the journey to the manger is good. And the journey is of God. And on Epiphany Sunday, we remember that the good news is that the light of God's love always goes before us to lead us, especially into new and uncertain and unknown terrain. This is exactly what happened with the ancient Hebrew people when they left Egypt and entered the wilderness. The pillar of fire and smoke led them. The scripture says it never left its place before them. So that whether by day or by night, they would know that it was their God who was going before them. So too for us, the light of God's love, which shines brightly in the darkness and indeed shines in each and every one of us, orients us on our way and guides us to places of change and transformation, where we might change our beliefs. We will certainly change our lives, for nobody leaves the manger unchanged. But let us not forget that the biggest change in the wise men's journey came not when they found the star. It came when they were called to go forward. For at the end of the... Oh, good, they put it back on. At the end of the story, they have a dream, and it says, don't go back to King Herod, he's up to no good, but return home by a new and a different road. They had to change their path. They had to change the direction they were on. The definition of faithfulness changed for them. And here's what I hope we hear this morning on this Epiphany Sunday that the true spiritual life is patterned after the wise men. For we are all led by God's grace to the star to encounter the mystery of God with us in the manger, and that encounter changes us. But we do not stay at the manger, because the wise men didn't either. But we are always called forward, sometimes down new and unfamiliar terrain, on a journey of ever-deepening faith an ever-deepening transformation as we follow the places where God is calling us to go. And sometimes this means that the way we hold our faith and the way we understand our faith has to change. The faith that I have as a 27-year-old is not the same faith that I had when I was 14. And trust me, that's a good thing. This last fall, um, I did some campus visits to um, visit some of our college students. Some of them are here in the congregation that I got to talk to. One of the things that I noticed as as I got to sit and have some one-on-one conversations with these young people, and I asked them simply, how is it with your spirit? I heard the same answer more than once. A lot of them said, I'm really wrestling right now with the change in my life. I am wrestling to understand and figure out what faith means to me now that I'm a a young adult. A lot of these young people grew up in this church, born and raised at Aldersgate, deeply love this community and are committed to the faith and the spirituality of this church, but they're in a season of change where they're no longer living at home. They're on their own, And they're asking the good and the faithful questions. What does faith mean to me now? It's a hard place to be because change is hard. Now some of you might hear that and begin to worry. But I want you to hear that that change is not a bad thing. And if you are in a place this morning where you are feeling like a change in how you hold your faith needs to happen, I hope you hear that that change can be a good and a beautiful and holy part of how God is calling you forward into an ever-deepening place of transformation and change. It's not that God ever changes, but the way that we understand God sometimes does. As we grow, as we develop, As we experience the myriad of change that happens in our life sometimes change is just what we need change is hard and change can be scary but sometimes in the spiritual life change is exactly what we need thanks be to god that on epiphany we remember we do not change alone because the light which enlightens all people leads us and guides us on the way. Thanks be to God. Amen. As we move into a time of response this morning, we come to a time uh, where each of us will have the opportunity to receive a star word, Uh, and this uh, is a prayer practice that uh, churches all over the world participate in this day um, as we remember and uh, imitate the journey of the wise men who were guided into deeper faith by a star uh, and so in just a moment, you'll be invited to come up and select a word. And, and our prayer is that this word can be a guiding light, a shining star for you in your faith in 2023. Uh, it could be a way for you to reflect and ponder the way that God is moving in and through your life through the word. Now you'll notice that the words are face down, and one of the things that I think is special about this practice is that it it, it is a way that we receive. In our culture, we are so accustomed to taking something, but today you are going to be invited to receive a word, and so whatever word you pick, you're invited to trust that that word is for you. It's a little bit like a Christian fortune cookie, I guess you could say. Uh, If you're tuning in online and you're not here to receive a star, there will be a link in the comments. You can click on that link, uh, spin a wheel, and you will select um, at random one of the 160 words that we have here. You'll notice uh, some of the words will be in other languages. So if you see one with some uh, text on the back, um, the definition of the word uh, is on the back.